Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast with me, as always, my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey, Matt, how are you? Baseball is back. (laughs) Uh, Real baseball. Yeah, they're keeping score and everything. And there's W's and there's L's and people actually care about them. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. It's uh, it's it's like uh, life renews itself every every March 31st. It's beautiful. Well, it was beautiful until today. Today was bad, but yes, it was. it's been pretty solid. Yeah, it was it was bad and good all at the same time, I guess. But yeah, we're recording this on Sunday evening. So uh, the Braves are now three games into their season. And the AAA Gwinnett Stripers are three games into their season. We'll be talking about both. It's been uh, pretty good for the Braves. They uh, went into uh, Washington, D.C. and took the first two games against the uh, Washington Nationals. Um, pretty convincing, I believe, was the scores were 7-2 to two in Game 1 and 7-1 to one in Game 2. And then uh, we had a rookie make his uh, Major League debut today. Uh, Jared Schuster got the start. And... Um, well, let's just say things didn't get off to a great start for him. No, it, it, I mean, it was a real bad start. I mean, start to the game, not a bad start overall. But, uh, I mean, just base runner after base runner gave up four runs in the first inning. Um, and Well, actually, I think it was before he got any outs. <laughs> and then he just all of a sudden, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's obviously nerves. I mean, this isn't like a problem with his arsenal or anything like that. I mean, he just had no – control or command or much of anything for those for a handful of batters. But once those four runs crossed, it's all of a sudden he just kind of buckled down and went from there. Unfortunately, the damage was done. They end up losing the game. Um, but I mean, overall there were some good and bad um, signs to his start. Yeah. I, I'm going to chalk that off to just the adrenaline was rushing. Um, and that seemed to be the classic case for him because it, to be successful, he Schuster's the kind of guy that has to work down in the zone. His uh, changeup, his uh, curveball, slider, even his fastball to some degree all have to work down. Uh, he works best when he's um, generating ground balls. And uh, I think the adrenaline, he was just overthrowing everything and it was all being elevated. And they were pretty much teeing off of it. And I think until they got to a I think they put three runs on the board before they Schuster recorded the first out. It looked like it was going to be a short outing for him. Uh, but fortunately, he kind of rallied. He, he got out of that inning and then did not allow a run. Um, after that four-run first, he did not allow a run. He pitched into the fourth inning, which I, I think he will look back and see this as a, at least a partial success. Yeah, and, and Brian Snitker was pretty complimentary after the game, as much as he could be, uh, and say, hey, at least he got us into the fifth inning, almost got through five innings, and kind of shortened up the game for the bullpen. Um, um, Michael Tonkin and Jesse Chavez came in there, um, pitched three and a third scoreless innings between them. So they didn't uh, overtax the bullpen, which, um, as we'll see when we talk about Gwinnett, could, it, things could have easily gone much, much worse today and just completely gutted the bullpen right before a road trip to St. Louis. But overall, I uh, came out, I mean, they were, they didn't win the game and they only scored one run anyway, so you're not going to win many games doing that. But um, Schuster did 
the best he could to keep him in the game. There's still some slightly troubling signs. He only struck out one batter in four and two thirds innings, uh, walked five, although most of those walks were in that first inning. So uh, I, th- I think he'll learn a lot from this start and hopefully won't be uh, have quite have that case of nerves the second time around, which and, and what he does deserve another opportunity. This isn't some kind of deal where it's like, oh, he was just so bad. You need to send him back to Gwinnett immediately. Yeah, the Braves tend not to do that anyway uh, with guys that they were planning on, you know, giving a shot to. They generally don't change their mind like that. We've seen before where, you know, Kyle Muller was co- would come in and they'd give him about about a, four starts, right? Or, um, you know, pitchers like that, they, they give him four starts to see if they can figure it out and they don't just uh, pull the plug right away. So I imagine the same thing will, will happen here for Schuster. Um, you mentioned the one strikeout, you know, that's always been kind of the, the thing that, um, you know, you'd question with Schuster is just the stuff in general. Is it enough? You know, he has the majors, you know, can he, can he turn over the lineup, you know, two, three times, you know, with the lack of, um, the fastball or, or truly, you know, strikeout pitch, although I, I'm of the opinion that changeup could be, but there's also a danger of running into a situation like Ian Anderson had, right? Where <laughs> yeah. you become over reliant on that pitch, and and uh, hitters can, you know, spit on it and and just wait for you to have to throw a strike, right? So um, that's that's kind of the plus and the minus for Jared Schuster. He, he'll be given, like you said, he'll be given a couple more uh, opportunities here. And well, not only that, it's just because I mean there really aren't any great alternatives at Gwinnett right now. So, I mean, even if they weren't going to stick with him, but I mean, they, they will stick with him for a while. I mean, I'd, obviously since uh, Max Reed will be out for at least a couple of starts, uh, Kyle Wright's going to get a rehab start for Gwinnett this week. And he should be back in the not too distant future, but uh, yeah, Jared Schuster will at least get one uh, more start after this. And uh, I think it will go better than this one did, but I will just talk this one up to a learning experience. And it's not as if this was a slug fest. They end up losing 10 to nine and you can point at Jared Schuster and say, he's the reason we lost the game. I mean, they only scored one run on offense regardless, but uh, I think overall, I mean, some, some good and bad came out of it, but I think it's going to be an overall positive experience for him. Yeah. And not to give the enemy too much credit here, but Mackenzie Gore looked fantastic. Uh, Oh yeah. Those first two, three innings were, I mean, they couldn't hardly make contact with the ball and, I think believe they hit into three double plays today, so the offense just wasn't doing much of anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, he just he didn't get a whole lot of hell behind him. I mean, but Schuster did what he did. I mean, he kept the team in the game, and if uh, they put it together in kind of a rally, the, he would have gotten a lot more credit than he did for today. Yeah. Now we've got, um, as you said, a series with St. Louis coming up. Charlie Morton's going to get the ball in the first game, and then we're going to see another major league debut. Dylan Dodd will pitch uh, apparently game two. And, um, you know, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Dodd responds. Um, if he's going <laughs> to similarly be kind of a little overexcited early on, uh, the Cardinals, of course, a, a strong offensive team. They've got really strong hitters, much stronger than the Nationals. So it, it's funny how Schuster supposedly uh, may be ahead of Dodd, but he definitely pulled the easier assignment of the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Dodd will have a chance to get his set of nerves, too, because he's pitching not too far from his hometown. So I'm sure he'll have a significant amount of family uh, in attendance for his start as well. And then, uh, and then on Wednesday, that was going to be Max Freed's start. Of course, he's, he came down with the uh, strained hamstring, um, I think, just out of the 
out of abundance of caution there, they put him on the IL um, this early in the season. You don't want to take any chances that you, you know, create something that's going to be worse and linger on and on. And uh, Freed himself said he took a lesson from 2021 when he had a hamstring issue early in the season, tried to come back too soon and, and it didn't work. And he ended up going back on the IL. Right. So, um, so it's probably a good thing that they're going to get that treated, taken care of. Uh, they haven't announced who Wednesday starter is going to be, but I can't see unless they go full on bullpen game. I can't see why uh, that they have any alternative other than Bryce Elder. Yeah, with so many games they're playing in a row, I think that's about the only, the only possible thing I would see is if somehow Dylan Dodd goes like seven, eight innings against the Cardinals on Tuesday and frees up the bullpen for a bullpen tight game where you could say stick Jesse Chavez out there for two or three innings. But I, I don't see it happening. I do. And it lines up perfectly um, with Bryce Alder's start. He started on Friday night for Gwinnett, and he would line up perfectly to start on Wednesday. So I think that's the way they're going to go. It's, it's going to be an early afternoon game, so – um, I think they'll just be ready to get that game in and get out of town. Uh, Gwinnett started their season on Friday. They had a, a three-game series. Uh, let's talk about the roster briefly. Um, the uh, the team that they've put together uh, on the uh, farm report tomorrow, we'll have a complete breakdown of, of the uh, stripers roster, but um, as usual, it's pretty veteran laden, but it, this season's got some veterans with a little more upside than I think we're usually used to seeing. Um, and specifically I'm thinking here about um, the outfield, uh, Eli white, uh, Jordan uh, Luplo, um uh, even to some degree, Magnaria Sierra and, and Forest Wall. Yeah, this is definitely a deeper group than we've seen in the past. It seems like uh, last couple of seasons, either you had the really big prospects out there, let's say like Drew Waters, Christian Pache, or it's been basically a, a, a quad A waiting area where there's basically store outfielders in case they're needed at the major league level. It's like the, the Abraham Almontes of the world. But this this year, you got some guys who could have easily made the major league roster if not for players that didn't have options or guys who would be making $37 million over the next two seasons. Yeah. And then on the infield, of course, the, the major attraction here is going to be um, uh, Von Grissom, who's apparently going to get most of the reps at shortstop and uh, Braden Shoemake at, uh, at second base, but also playing a little bit of shortstop as well. Uh, it looks like uh, according to Matt Tuias Sopo, um, the manager Grissom will probably play about, play about um, four days a week at short shoe make two days a week with them swapping on those days. Um, I think it's, it's obvious what they've been sent back to do. Grissom is there to work on his defense. Shoemake is there to work on his offense. Yeah. And get Shoemake some a lot of reps at second base as well. I know they are going to get Grissom some reps there as well, but I think they want both of those guys being able to play. Um, both positions just in case something should go wrong at the major league level. But uh, they're both off to very interesting starts. But, uh, of course, uh, the rest of the infield at third base is going to be kind of uh, just kind of a jumble between uh, Hoy Park, uh, the recently signed Charlie Culberson, and Yomer Sanchez will be uh, 
primarily the third baseman. And at first base, you're looking at Joshua Fuentes with uh, Charlie Culberson getting some starts over there as well. Yeah. And perhaps later in the year, um, Ryan Castile, he's on the squad, uh, but on the developmental list. Uh, for, those, for those of you who don't know what the developmental list is, um, after, the, um, after COVID-19, they kind of remade some of the roster rules. And one of the things they did, which I think was pretty wise, is they made teams not have to lie anymore about their injured players that they just store um, in case in case they needed, you know, before they would, you know, have a always have a third catcher that uh, had a uh, strained pinky or something, right? Uh, instead, they just said every team has a developmental list. I think of a certain number of players. I think it's uh, I think it's three. Um, and you can just basically put anybody you want on there. So for Gwinnett, uh, infielder Joe Dunand is on there. Uh, Ryan Castile, the first baseman slash catcher is on there. And uh, Connor Johnstone, I guess it's at least four, um, and John Olzak uh, are pitchers that are on the developmental list right now. But they can be activated at any time, um, and I imagine all of them will see time uh, Gwinnett you know, especially as uh, the major league team grabs people to, for the for major league duty, and they need to fill backfill. And I wouldn't be surprised if Johnstone got some action this week once uh, Bryce Elder is called up. Yeah, I mean he's quintessential swing man. So they in the in the Gwinnett's stack themselves up with a lot of those kind of pitchers. Of course, there's Nolan Kingham, who we've seen in the Brave system do that. Uh, quite a bit. And then uh, Matt Swarmer was a kind of a later spring signing. He um, was a starter with the Chicago Cubs last year, as well as the uh, Iowa Cubs. So he has starting experience, but he's starting the season in the bullpen, but he could switch out uh, pretty much as needed. So several guys that can step in there as a kind of emergency starters. Yeah, and they're definitely going to be needed because we spoke um, over the last few episodes talking about how deep the starting rotation is at the major league level and at the AAA level. And we were talking about Colby Allard being the 11th option. And that seems to be reduced pretty quickly between uh, Allard being hurt with the oblique and put on the 60-day IL. Uh, You got Kyle Wright that's still ramping up from his uh, kind of delayed spring training with the shoulder. And now Max Fried's injured. I mean, they put a pretty nice dent in that – Death already, and we're having to use the likes of Jackson Stevens in the starting rotation, and um, likely either Alan Winans or Connor Johnstone will be getting some starts as well. Yeah, Bryce Elder started game one for Gwinnett, Jackson Stevens game two, Ian Anderson started today. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, it looks like um, the off day Monday, uh, Michael Soroka will make his season debut on Tuesday. And then uh, Kyle Wright making a rehab start on Wednesday, and then and then that Thursday, Bryce Elder is penciled in right now. But like we said, uh, it seems likely that he's going to be called up to make that Wednesday start for Atlanta. So at that point, they'll need to uh, scramble a little bit. Um, another option you mentioned, Colby Allard uh, out with the injury. That's a that's a grade two oblique strain, which is pretty serious. He's actually on the 60-day DL. And uh, also, Darius Vines started the season on the injured list. I have not heard what that injury is. Have, have you heard anything, Matt? 
No, not at all. And it's disappointing because he definitely could have made helped make a name for himself. Hopefully it's nothing major and he'll be back in the not too distant future. Yeah. So um, let's talk about this uh, first few games here. Game one, uh, Gwinnett won. Um, all three games, interestingly enough, has really come down to the final at-bats, and they've been kind of exciting games. But uh, starting pitching been a little shaky. Elder had the best start of the three games. He actually looked like he was pretty much in control early on. He started to lose command and uh, started falling apart, and he actually left the game uh, with uh, – losing the lead. Um, but for at least a while there, he looked like the Bryce Elder of old, throwing the ball around the strike zone, getting a lot of strikes, strikeouts with uh, with that breaking ball, getting a lot of ground outs. Um, and then he's just he just started missing with that fastball. Yeah, he gave up a run in the first inning. Then he pitched quite well for several innings. And then uh, I believe he gave up a three-run homer in the sixth inning. We made the, over, the overall line probably a little earlier than it was. He probably, they, he probably stayed in a little too long because – in the past, we would see um, the starting pitchers generally in their first start, they would be limited to about 65 pitches. But in this case, Elder, uh, I don't know if it's a product of the extended spring training or the fact that they had a pretty good idea they were going to need Elder uh, in uh, St. Louis this coming week, and they wanted to try to stretch him out as much as possible. So he ended up throwing 75 pitches. Um, obviously, he was tiring, getting a little tired at that point, but um, – like I said, I mean, it went well for a good while, and then just the, that the home run at the end made things a little uglier than it needed to be. But overall, a, a, a fair start. Let's put it this way. If he gives up four runs in six innings in St. Louis, I think the Braves will be uh, pretty okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that that would be fine. Jackson Stevens started game two. This was kind of a, I don't know, it, it was kind of a surprise to me that they, they said they were going to be putting him in the rotation. Uh, obviously, he has had starting experience before in the minor leagues. But still, last year he spent all but his last appearance in Atlanta um, as a reliever. And, of course, he, he only went two innings in his start, gave up five hits, three runs, walked one, struck out two. Overall, I, I can't say he looked very impressive. Now, and I'm wondering because of the stacked bullpen that they have at Gwinnett, that, I mean, there, there are a number of options that would probably get called up ahead of him. And with the, the starting rotation, I mean, they, they were going to put him in the starting rotation regardless. This isn't a, a byproduct of injuries or anything like that. That Tuya Sasopo interview was from earlier in the week before the freed injury and uh, all that. So I think that was – it's been the plan all along to have Stevens in the rotation. But uh, like I said, I mean, I think this is something – if it goes three, four starts and he's pitching like this, they may kind of reevaluate that plan. Yeah, and like I said, they they have some options there. Um so let's start talk about the Ian and Anderson start today. Yeah, um, we have to. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was to say it was disappointment is a little bit of an understatement. Uh, he only got two outs, surrendered uh, six runs. Only four of them was earned uh, thanks to a, um, a Braden Shoemake uh, error early early on. But um, you know, I, I watched the start and uh, it was quite disheartening, actually. Um, we talked a little bit. There, there were parts in spring training when he entered the pitch where you could see the life in that fastball again, where it was getting good movement. Um, it was getting, you know, some lateral movement, which we hadn't really seen before. Usually his fastball rides up or down. It's, a, it's like a, it rides horizontally. Um, he's really come down to a, 
uh, three quarters delivery here. And the fastball was utterly lifeless today. Um, and I understand that he's probably been sent down with orders to throw strikes. Don't walk people. Um, but that fastball that I saw today is not going to play it basically any league. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know the, the philosophy at the major league level is generally uh, let the batter beat you. Don't beat yourself with walks. I mean, if they hit a home run once in a while, that's that's going to happen. But in this case where he gave up three home runs in two-thirds of an inning, I mean, he only gave up four hits and three of them left the ballpark. And, and it's, beyond that, he gave up two walks through two wild pitches. I mean, it was just about as ugly a start as you can possibly imagine from Ian Anderson. And uh, they pulled the plug on that start pretty quickly after just 37 pitches. I mean, and it's weird that 37 pitches, and he threw 20 strikes in those 37 pitches, even with the two walks and the two wild pitches. So this is just a kind of a bizarre, awful start overall. And, and hopefully they can just wipe the slate clean and get them ready for next weekend and uh, give it another go. Yeah, I know he's going to be working on things and, you know, he's not necessarily out there to, you know, pitch the Gwinnett Stripers to a championship or anything like that. He's he's there to work on specific things. And it was very clear that today he was trying to work on fastball command. Uh, he hardly threw any change ups. Uh, he only I think he only threw a few raking balls as well. So he was there mostly to work on fastball command. But Jacksonville they were ready for it and they were teeing off on it. He gave up three home runs um, in just that uh, uh, two thirds of an inning, uh, two walks, one strikeout. So disappointing start. The good thing is the, um, the offense um, they've shown out each game and um, they even came back and despite being put in that big hole in the first inning, they came back and uh, and sent the, sent the game at extras. In fact, they Gwinnett went into extra innings with uh, Jacksonville the last two days, but unfortunately came up on the losing side, both sides. Yeah. And especially in today's game where it got, in, I mean, went to extra innings and they're trotting out uh, position player relief pitchers. I mean, generally in the minor leagues, they've got a plan. It's like, these guys are pitching this day and we've run out of pitchers. We run out of pitchers. They're not going to pull a guy, uh, generally not going to throw guys out there two days in a row or, our unplanned type day. So when they ran out of pitchers, it was Charlie Culberson's turn. And then once they got done with him, it was Yalmer Sanchez's turn. So uh, obviously those two position players pitching didn't turn out very well and it cost them the game, but um, there's been some um, impressive performances out of the bullpen on so far. Uh, Seth Elledge has a couple of appearances. I believe he has uh, six strikeouts and three innings of work. Uh, Yaxel Rios, um, fresh off a really impressive performance for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he had a two-inning appearance this weekend, uh, two perfect innings, struck out three. So uh, I think he's a guy you want to keep an eye on he, who could get an opportunity at the major league level at some point this season. Yeah, he's got a really live arm. Uh, I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, also, Grant Holmes, who you know last pitched for Rome, uh, made the jump all the way up to Gwinnett and uh, pitched two innings in, in one appearance and uh, and uh, struck out four. So, um, so a uh, really nice, uh, really nice Triple uh, A, or I should say, Gwinnett debut for Grant Holmes. He's been Triple A before. A very recent a- acquisition. This was literally a trade that happened just before the minor league season started. Um, uh, Richard Lovelady, a pitcher left-hander from uh, the Kansas City organization, coming over 
in a cash transaction. He had a really good spring, and, and he's been a prospect before, kind of has been bit by the injury bug the last few years, but um, um, looked like he probably was going to make the Royals bullpen and then uh, was optioned at the last minute and uh, was reportedly very upset about that. And in response, I guess they traded him to Atlanta where he can now pitch for Gwinnett. I don't know if that's better or not. Yeah. And he's going to be in the Atlanta bullpen at some point in this season, uh, just depending on their options. But you got guys like Elledge who's on the 40 man roster and has options. You got Lovelady in the same situation. Uh, Yaxel Rios, Royal Ramirez, who uh, pitched for Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, there's a lot of options of guys who could very well contribute to the Major League roster this season. Not that they don't already have a stout bullpen there, but hey, if there's, there's any cases of ineffectiveness or injury, um, there's a, a, a whole army of arms waiting for him down there in Gwinnett if needed. Yep. Let's talk about the offense briefly. Um, this was a really good uh, start uh, triple. So this was his triple A debut, Vaughn Grissom, um, right? He skipped triple A last year. So now he's, he backed up a level, but um, if he has any animosity about not making the major league squad, he seemed to take it out on Jacksonville pitchers. He hit 417 on the, on the, in the three game series had uh, five, he went five for 12, one double, two triples, a home run, and two stolen bases in the one series. Yeah, and on Sunday's game, he had a double, a triple, a home run, and a stolen base. So uh, quite a nice weekend for Grissom. Now, one thing to point out, though, he did have two errors on the weekend, and seeing as he was pretty much sent down to work on his defense, that's not the most impressive thing you want to see. But you you love that offense, and no matter how bad his defense is or not quite up to standards. You keep hitting like this, you're going to get a call up to the major league level at some point. Yeah. I mean, watching him a little bit this weekend, uh, it, it's kind of what we saw in spring, the occasional really good play, especially with the arm, occasionally a really good stop, but then sometimes the decisions aren't so great. Uh, sometimes he kind of gets caught in between and, um, you know, that just comes with experience, I think. Um, that's why they send him down there to get reps. So hopefully we will watch that improve as the season progresses. Uh, Eli White appeared in two games and uh, had a really nice start to his uh, Gwinnett career. He went uh, three for eight, had two home runs today. So uh, I know a, a lot of fans were uh, saw him in spring and thought he would make the club, but you know he was just the victim of having options. Yeah, he had, and he also had two stolen bases on opening night. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna throw up some big big numbers for Gwinnett if he's down there all year long. But I mean, he's he's continuing that fine work he did in spring training and keeping himself in reserve in case he's needed at the major league level. And you never know the opportunity could arise depending on the performance of certain folks up there or if uh, there's any injuries. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a team that runs a lot too. Forrest Wall was on base at a 400 clip, had uh, three stolen bases. Uh, Magnaria Sierra had a stolen base. Braden Shoemaker had a stolen base. Uh, Justin Dean did make the uh, Gwinnett roster. For some reason, he wasn't announced when they, they put it out earlier, but I don't know. It, it, he was, I saw pictures of Media Day, and there were pictures of him in the outfield in his Gwinnett jersey 
playing with the dogs. And I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> just, just indeed made the squad. That's awesome. And then uh, he wasn't listed. So I have a feeling that was probably just a, a snafu of some port, some sort, but um, uh, he is uh, a Gwinnett striper and he played all three games. He was in the, in the starting lineup twice. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's off to a good start. He's batting two fifty. Um, you know, 300 OBP, you know, made a couple nice plays in the outfield. So, um, they'll be rotating all those guys in and out of the, out of the outfield and uh, on in DH. It should be a pretty good offense all season long, I think. Um, the bullpen looks solid. And, um, you know, I think when they get settled in, this rotation should gel. And, and, uh, and you know, Gwinnett could make some noise this year as far as that goes. Of course, that's not the organizational goal is not to have a championship AAA team. But it's nice when it happens. Yeah, and of course, the starting debt obviously is hurt right now because of the injuries at the major league level. But uh, once uh, Kyle Wright gets healthy, gets his rehab started in, gets promoted up to the major league level, and they get one of the uh, other pitchers back and help beef up that rotation, whether it's Dodd, Schuster, Elder, whoever comes back down, that'll definitely help beef up the rotation. But because the last couple of days when you had Jackson Stevens only go two innings on Saturday and Ian Anderson going two-thirds of an inning on Sunday, I mean, that absolutely guts the bullpen. So a good thing that uh, Monday's an off day and then kind of regroup. But one good thing, too, about the uh, AAA team is that you get 15 pitchers on your staff rather than the 13 at the major league level. So you got a couple extra arms to work with at all times. So that definitely helps out. But still, you don't you don't want to see your starting pitchers going two or fewer innings at a start for any length of time. All right. Well, looking ahead, we have the start of the uh, other full season um uh, affiliates starting up. So Augusta, Rome, they both start on Thursday and then Mississippi cranks up on Friday. We haven't got rosters for any of those yet, but um, we should be getting those. I'm knowing the Braves Thursday morning. <laughs> I was going to say, cause I know uh, I, I saw a, t- a tweet today that uh, Mil- the Milwaukee Brewers announced their Biloxi roster today. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll be yeah. glad to get the Mississippi roster maybe sometime Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, well, yeah, they'll have to release Rome and Augusta, right? At, you yeah. know, at least on Thursday. So even if they don't release Mississippi on Friday, you'll have a really good notion of who's <laughs> on it by then, right? Unfortunately, we have to use process of elimination to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love, I love the Braves, and most of the uh, time, I love their. I love their uh, way of their keeping things close to the vest, but just every once in a while, just a little bit of more minor league news out of them would be uh, yeah, just a little bit nice, yeah. But I mean, they All did right. a nice job of the uh, Gwinnett introduction, and hopefully, we'll get the same ones from the uh, other affiliates. Hopefully, by midweek rather than at the last minute. And obviously, yep. next week we'll talk more about how those uh, rosters are shaping up. Yeah. And and it looked like they had some pretty good attendance this, this uh, weekend at Gwinnett. Um, I think uh, Atlanta is kind of primed for baseball right now. I, I think they're looking forward to the Braves coming home, but um, with the Braves starting out on the road, I think Gwinnett was, you know, the only game in town. And uh, I think uh, they had some lively crowds there. It was uh, kind of good to see. And plus with the um, kind of publicity of the shortstop battle and getting Grissom and Shoemake sent down uh, probably helped out. Uh, say, hey, this isn't just your normal Gwinnett roster where it's basically just a triple-A veteran waiting room. There's there's a lot of guys here who could contribute to the major leagues sometime this season, a really exciting product. I mean, this team, I mean, with a 150-game season, I mean, 
it's not out of the question to think this team could still 300 bases as a team. <laughs> Oh, that would be that would be great. That would be very exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, they, if, they, if these guys are around for the whole season, you're gonna have a, several guys on this roster with 50 or more stolen bases. All right, Matt, you got anything else? No, I think it's a interesting start to the season. Uh, definitely not what we were expecting at Gwinnett, but uh, still uh, pretty good uh, accounting for themselves. And then the Jared Schuster debut, and this week we'll get the Dylan Dodd debut plus uh, the other three affiliates getting started. So uh, everything's ramping up for us. Yep, and we will be starting back the um, the Monday Farm Report on OutfieldFlyRule.com uh, starting on Monday. Um, obviously, a shorter one is it'll just be uh, Gwinnett, but then the, the following week we'll have the uh, all the affiliates. And we'll have our usual features. Uh, this first one has a, a bit of a longer form uh, Gwinnett uh, roster analysis, and, uh, and we'll have the other the other rosters uh, looked at as they become available. And uh, with that, I I think we'll go ahead and close it out for this week. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, Matt, where can they find you in this uh, new baseball season? At Braves Matt C on the Twitter and in the Facebook outfield fly rule um, Facebook group. Uh, Don't be afraid to come in there. It's not the, poisonous environment you tend to see in other Braves groups. Uh, always good conversation and we keep the, the uh, uh, ne'er-do-wells under control. Yep. Uh, you can find me in the same Facebook group or uh, at K26DP on the Twitters. Uh, so next week, full affiliate ball. And then uh, and then I think we'll finally have our uh, fantasy draft. So Matt, <laughs> be ready for that. Oh yeah. Getting prepared as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> and by pre- being pre- get prepared it's look up and see who's in the minor league system exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone have a great week have a good one no, rien de rien. Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Car ma vie, car mes...
Saco 